Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Good to see you this morning. Beautiful spring morning out, huh? Love it, love it, love it. One thing about Illinois or the Midwest here, we experience all the seasons to their fullness, do we not? I mean extreme winters, extreme summers, and beautiful spring and fall. So good to see you all here this morning. Um, where's Jasmine? I don't see Jasmine. There's Jasmine. Jasmine. I, there's one other person I just remembered and thought about, and actually my wife reminded me. There was a, on that very first Sunday in March of 1999, there was a little girl running around on that Sunday. She was probably, what, two? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I don't know how, five? I was going to guess five years old. Five years old, she was running around. Miss Jasmine, stand up. She was a five-year-old little girl running around at our church 19 years ago, and the Lord led her a different path, and so we were separated for some time, and, and Jasmine rediscovered victory, and we rediscovered Jasmine, what, about two years ago now? Two or three years ago? Three years ago? How long has it been? Two, two years ago now? So uh, Jasmine was one of those very first ones back in 1999. Uh, Kristen was how old? Is Kristen on today? I don't, I don't see anything going on back there. Kristen was how old in 19? She was born in 93, so she was six. So her and Jasmine about the same age, and, uh, and Tyler was nine years old. And, and uh, So anyway, God's been good to us over the years, and it's hard to believe, 19 years. And I told you guys last year, or last year, <laughs> last week, I shared with you guys, I kind of really only was thinking in the back of my mind, Maybe by 2004, 2005, we'll be back in North Carolina, and uh, that just never happened, um, mainly because we just really try to be obedient to the Lord every day and follow Him. So anyway, it's been good. This is March. We have four Sundays in March, and then we have the Super Bowl for Christianity, which is Easter Sunday uh, on April, the first Sunday in April, which I think is April 1st on April Fool's Day. You'd be a fool if you're not in church on Easter Sunday, right? Uh, so I guess that's the best way I can bring those two together. Uh, so anyway, we've got five Sundays counting today until Easter Sunday. And what I want us to do, I want us to just focus these next four Sundays and then Easter Sunday just on the person of Jesus. I, that's all I want to preach about. That's all I want to talk about. And I try to share topical messages that have to do with different areas of our life and give some biblical principles on how to live those out. I love doing that. But for this Sunday and through Easter Sunday, all I want to talk about is Jesus. Because without him, folks, as the Apostle Paul said, we are of all men most miserable. We have no hope. We have nothing to be happy about. We have no... 
uh, eternal salvation waiting for us in heaven apart from Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how good a person you are. We're all sinners. Uh, it's not about being religious. It's not about being a church member or being baptized. It's about having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So these next four or five Sundays, all we're going to talk about is Jesus. Okay? And I want my wife to come to the piano because... Uh, I love the song, and I love the fact that Tyler was focusing on that as well. And we're going to be in John's Gospel, chapter 5, in just a moment. But this song, and it's an old it's an old hymn. That's not even a hymn. The Gaithers put this little jingle. It's not even a jingle. Go ahead and play a little bit of it. I can't even remember the tune of it. Yeah. Slow it down. You guys know that song, right? Let's sing it a little bit. I don't know if we have words for it or not, but here we go. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. You guys know it? Sing along with me. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven. song, right? Let's sing it again. Here we go. Jesus. Sing it now. Jesus. Jesus. There's just something. Sing it. About Master, Savior. Think about it. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain, after the rain, Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. about that. Guys, I promise you, without Jesus, we have nothing. You may think that all you need is your job, or the house you live in, or the career you have, or the bank account, or the family you have around you. 
don't get me wrong, I love my family. But there's nothing like Jesus. When people look at me today, they see me as Pastor John. It's really hard for me to see myself like that. Because I know who I was before Jesus got my attention. You see, I accepted Christ as a 13-year-old boy. I went through all the motions. I was in a youth choir. We did youth mission trips, and we were in a very large church. I was very active. But boy, I was a, when I got up in my older teens, I was a backslidden teenager. I was so much more concerned about the things of the world and how my peers, all you teenagers listen to me, how my peers perceived me. And then I fell in love with this girl that was at this Free Will Baptist Church in Valdez, North Carolina, that was playing the piano. Her uncle her uncle started the church and it was a small church and I came from a very large church and so I went there on Sunday morning but there's something that drew me to this girl she's playing the piano right now by the way and I went there and I saw this little small church just starting up And I saw their faith was so real. I saw something different in Debbie and her family and her uncle and her mother. And then, so I went there on Sunday nights. God has brought a lot of men to himself through a good-looking piano player. And boy, it's there that I really started growing in my faith. But prior to that, after Debbie and I got married, I still was somewhat in a backsliding condition, although we went to church on Sunday morning. But at that particular time, at good grief, we got married at 19 years old. Who gets married at 19 years old, right? 19 years old, we get married. And, and I'm, I'm still not where I need to be spiritually. I believe in Jesus. I respect the things of God. I'm in church on Sunday morning because I know it's the right thing to do, not really because I went there to truly worship. I just knew it was the right thing to do. And we may not even get to this message today. I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing all this, but I'm just trying to follow the leadership of the Lord here, okay? So you bear with me. So I knew it was the right thing to do. I was so much more concerned about my career I was working at UPS. I was actually, I was 19 years old. I couldn't drive a truck until I was 21. I was started there at 18. I'd go into work at 2 in the morning, get off at 8. And I was unloading tractor trailers and spotting them in the yard. And I was the yard dog. And I'd get off at 8 in the morning. Then I went to work for a contractor. And we roofed houses from about 8.30 till about 4 in the afternoon. Then I would go home and I would see Debbie a little bit. And I'd crash and wake up at 1.30 and start the day again. That's just how we lived. And then I started driving a truck at age 21. Now, 21, making really good money. 
Debbie at this time was working at the post office as a clerk, making really good money. And I thought life was all about making really good money and having stuff. So we bought more of the stuff with the really good money we were making. And I'd go to church on Sunday morning. And back in the day, we had a, a um, I forget what year it was, but we had a fairly new ski nautique competition ski boat. Don't know for those that may or may not know what that is. Had an inboard 350 Windsor. We were on a ski club, water ski club, and Debbie was my boat driver. I ran the slalom course, and we did, did ski shows and different things. And that's just that's what I could not wait to do on the weekends. So we'd go to church on Sunday. We'd run home in our car, jump in the truck that already had hooked up to the boat, head straight to the lake, and we'd invite Debbie's mom down, and we would say, why don't you come to the lake with us? She said, well, I can only come for an hour or two, but i got to get back to church on Sunday night. And I said, oh, you don't need to go back to church Sunday night. No, I'm going back to church Sunday night, and you need to be in church Sunday night. Oh, I'm okay. And that went on for about another year or so. I'm driving a truck for UPS, and I pull into a place where I frequented often and had lunch. I ate lunch about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon because we worked till 7 or 8. So about 1.30 or 2, I pull into the place where my terminal manager back in the terminal at UPS always knew I was, I was at that place eating lunch. Now, you got to understand, this is before cell phones. This is before emails and all of that stuff. You couldn't text message anybody. The old landline phone, you know, had the big thing on the end of it. You can put it on your shoulder and kind of hold on to it like that. You guys familiar with that? I got a phone call. The restaurant was called Our Place. It was a Christian family that ran this little restaurant. And I got a phone call, and it was there. And I walk in, and the owner of the place said, John, you got a call from your terminal. They need you to call in as quickly as possible. They need to talk to you. So I called in, and they said, uh, John, we just got word that your wife is down at Duke hospital, which is why we're Duke fans today. And she had a growth coming out of her eye. They did a biopsy. Come to find out it's lymphoma cancer. And she's down at Duke and you need to probably get down there as quick as possible. Why don't you bring the truck back in and take off? Well, it's an hour drive, nearly an hour drive back to the terminal. And then almost an hour drive back for me to get home. And then like a three hour drive down to Duke and so I do that, and I'm, I get home, and I call. Guess who I called? My first phone call. Debbie and her mom, they're gone. They're down at Duke. I called the deacon and a couple buddies from church that were soon to be deacons, all about my age, a few years older. And I said, hey, guys, um, I, need to, I need you to, to pray. And they said, yeah, we've got the word. We know your wife has cancer. Debbie has cancer. She's down at Duke. Yeah, we're praying for her. I said, no, 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 no. I don't need you to pray for her. I need you to pray for me. They said, what is it? I said, um, you know, I thought all I had to do was provide for my wife and everything would be okay. I provided her a nice home. I provided her a nice car to drive. We've got this boat and truck. 
an in-ground swimming pool and several acres of land. And we've got horses and we showed Tennessee walking horses. And we had all this stuff. I said, but there's one thing I cannot provide for her. And that's healing. I said, I'm not even at a place where I can even pray for her. And they said, yeah, we're praying. I said, guys, you don't understand. This is the love of my life. She's the reason I get up and go to work. And there's nothing I can do. I need you guys to pray for me. So I gathered over at the deacon's house. Several other buddies were there. And I wept like a baby. And I knew, you may not believe this, but I knew deep down in my heart the reason my wife had cancer, because God loved me so much that he was willing to take the most precious thing that I had in my possession to get me to turn to him. I know that. And I think back now that it was a test. I remember calling out to the Lord and I said, God, please don't take the thing that I love more than anything else. That's my wife. Please heal her of cancer. But before I could pray that prayer, I had to say, God, forgive me a sinner. The book of James talks about praying for those that are sick. And in that, it says to be sure to confess your sins because God may be using sickness to reveal an unconfessed sin in your life. That's what he did to me. Well, I prayed and I said, God, forgive me. I'm not where I need to be. I'm going through the motions. I'm going to church on Sunday just because I know it's the right thing to do. My heart's not in it. I'm going through the motions. Maybe you are right now where I was all those years ago just going through the motion just here today because you know it's the right thing to do I know where you are I've been there but that day I said God I'm yours I surrender to you not only as my Savior but also my Lord now you got to remember where I was at that time I was caught up in the God of materialism I was going to church and doing my reverential duty on Sunday morning. Then I was back out in the world, living in the world, acting like the world, smelling like the world, talking like the world, drinking like the world, cursing like the world, but paying my respect on Sunday morning. Can anybody relate with what I'm talking about? That's where I was. I said, God... When I'm at the deacon's house, Debbie's at Duke Hospital, I said, I'm yours. Right now, I'm yours. I give you everything. I repent of my sin. I know I haven't been faithful. You've been good to me. You've blessed us. I have not been faithful. I I ask for forgiveness. I repent. And I remember I laid on that couch. I had my face buried in the couch in the living room, at the deacon's living room. And I'm just weeping. And after I repented and got my heart where it needed to be. Then I looked up and I said, God, now will you you help me pray for Debbie? Because I can pray for her now. And then we had prayer and then I took off. By that time, Debbie's on her way home. And 
and we go through the whole procedure of her having radiation and being down at Duke Hospital and all of that. Long story now short, God healed her of cancer. He is the great physician, which is what we're going to be talking about here in just a moment, maybe next Sunday. (laughs) But God healed her of cancer. Nothing that I did, nothing that she did, other than us falling on our face before God and saying, God, be merciful to us, a sinner. And you know what happened from that day forward? This is all because of Jesus. I'm just trying to brag on Jesus. You know what happened from that day forward? Because when I went to church prior to that, I pretty much sat at the back. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sitting at the back. That's kind of where I choose to sit even today. But that's where I sat. And I nestled myself behind one of Debbie's aunts. Her her name was Aunt Marilyn. And because the preacher would always call out people randomly in the congregation to pray publicly. And I knew I could not do that at that time. So I said, Marilyn, if he ever calls on me to pray, I can't do that. You understand? I cannot pray in public in front of anybody. I can't. Do you understand? John, I've got you covered. I said, so if he calls on me to pray, you're going to stand up real quick and you're going to pray, right? You're not going to make a scene. Every Sunday morning I went in. Marilyn, you, you got me covered today? Yeah, I got you covered. Marilyn, you got me covered today? I got you covered. That's why I, I never randomly pick anybody in the congregation to pray. I would, I would never say, Zach, will you stand up and lead us in prayer? I would never say that. Because I know I was terrified to do that. But you know what happened after I laid it all on the altar? The Lord moved me from the back row, and I just wanted to sit on the front row. And you got to understand, I grew up with hellfire brimstone preaching. I mean, they would spit 30 feet when they'd preach from the platform. So if you sat on the front row, good chances were you're going to get covered with saliva. Now, it's, it's holy saliva, right? Good chance you're going to get spit on. Well, I've kind of got spit on a few times. But God brought me from the back of the church to the front of the church. My wife played the piano as she's doing now. We started a little quartet. I started singing in church. I started teaching the men's Sunday school class. We started the quartet. The pastor said, will you come up and be our, back in the day we had the song leader. Will you be the song leader? Just lead the church in some songs and hymns. So I became the song leader wasn't long after that uh, he said you know John you've been faithful you've really sacrificed and serving here at the church would you pray about becoming a deacon here at the church I'm thinking oh my goodness where's this thing going at that time I'm still driving a truck for UPS and I've now been ordained as a deacon in the church I'm just trying to tell you what God has done I didn't listen I didn't sign up one day and say hey I want to be a preacher that was never me Never. He brought me from the back to the front. From hiding when prayer time came to leading in prayer time for the church. From hiding and teaching a class to leading a men's Sunday school class. To leading the church as the song leader. And then I remember the day when God got a hold of my heart. We were in a revival meeting. I was driving that UPS truck. I was in the mountains of North Carolina. 
and a hay field had just been cut and God had been dealing with me and I'd gone past several stops. I knew exactly where they were, but I'd driven past them because I was so preoccupied. Finally, I said, okay, God, I'm going to pull this truck over. Me and you got to do some business. And I pulled that truck over in a hay field and I got some boxes down off the shelf and I built me an altar in the back of that UPS truck on those boxes I built an altar and I shut the bulkhead door and the back door was shut it's just me and God pulled off in a hayfield literally parked in a hayfield and I started weeping and I said God I'll do it I don't know what you see in me but I'll do it at that point I surrendered to the gospel ministry of being a preacher and a pastor I had no idea where that would lead Illinois wasn't even on the radar being a church planner wasn't even on the radar all I thought I was signing up for was to be a good assistant pastor at our church. That's all I wanted to do. Pastor Leonard Lindsay was our pastor. I said, all I want to do is help you. What can I do to assist you? What can I do to help you? I know you carry a big burden. What can I do to... I'm a great second man. That's all I want to be. Just a second man. What can I do to help you? He led me through the whole ordination process. Long story short, I became associate pastor there. I preached Debbie's grandfather's funeral. At that funeral, there was a family from the western tip of North Carolina, the church in Bryson City, North Carolina, said, hey, we're without a pastor. Would you come preach some for us? Yeah, I'd be glad to come preach. So I went and preached. And next thing you know, they asked me, we're without a pastor. Would you consider moving up here and being our pastor? Now, that's going to require something. I'm going to have to sell my house. I'm going to have to quit driving my truck for UPS. Debbie, you're going to have to quit at the post office. And I said, yes, we'll do it. We left all that behind and went to West North Carolina and pastored that church. Fast forward about six years. I get a call from the Illinois Mission Board. said, hey, would you consider possibly coming here? We've got a building and some property. We're looking for a church planner. Would you consider moving here? Yeah, we'll consider it. And that was in 1998 in the spring, or summer and early fall. We came up. Fast forward a little time space and said, yeah, we'll do it. And we moved here in March of 1999, that very first Sunday. Now, I share with you a little bit about my story because I want you to know where I came from. I didn't sign up to be a pastor. I didn't run off to Bible college and just be a pastor because I just want to be a pastor. I, I pushed against that as long as I could ever push against that. I never aspired to be that. And still this day, I'm humbled to even stand here, sit here, talk to you as a pastor. I'm just a man that has my flaws. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I hope you know that. I'm just a man that has probably been exactly where you are right now in life. Because that's kind of the path I came through. But I do know this. We are who we are today. She's healed of cancer today. We didn't even know if we would be able to have children. The doctor says you may not even be able to have children as a result of all this radiation into your body. We wouldn't even have children today if it wasn't for Jesus. Guys, I'm here today because of Jesus. And I'll be here tomorrow because of Jesus. 
It's not about being religious. It's not about being baptized. It's not about taking communion. It's not about trying to be a good person. It's getting to the place where you realize that you are a sinner. And thank God for good old-fashioned conviction that falls on us. And we repent of that and trust in Jesus as our Savior. And let me tell you something, friends. He is a God of second chances. He's a God of third chances. He's a God of fourth chances. He will continue extending grace to you as long as He can. But you've got to get to the place where you realize, you know what? It really is all about Jesus. So this is my message today. It has nothing to do with what I prepared this week for you. Nothing to do with what I prepared for you. Is it okay if I just speak from my heart because that's really what I'm doing, just trying to follow the leadership of the Lord here? Where are you right now in your relationship with Jesus? It's not about checking the box and doing the right thing. I'm glad you're here this morning. And if you came today because you think it's the right thing to do, I want to say thank you because it is the right thing to do. But God has so much more for you than just doing the right thing on Sunday morning. He's got an amazing path and journey, life that He wants you to live. He wants to bless you. He wants you to live for Him. But he's looking for you to get to the point in your life where you say, God, I'm yours. And I don't want you to think in the back of your mind, I'm afraid if I do that, he'll lead me to where you are today. And the Lord knows I don't. Listen, I understand. That's not where I wanted to be either. I just said, God, I'm yours. Use me. Use us. It really is all about Jesus. Do you know him? He's a great God. Let's sing a little bit more of this, okay? Here we go. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Sing it now, Master. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance. Sing it, church. Sing it loud. After. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim King and kingdoms King and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about that name let's pray together keep playing if you will please Father someone here today no doubt you know needed to hear a little bit of our testimony and we could speak for hours there's so much that I left out we could speak for hours 
of all the many things you have brought us through. We could testify for hours. For hours. (laughs) About what a great God and Savior you have been to us. Lord, if there's somebody here today that their relationship with you is nowhere close to where it should be or even where it used to be, God, I pray that today would be the day that they did do what I did many years ago. That's to fall on their face before you and repent of their sin. And ask you to be not only their Savior, so much more than just a fire escape from hell. And that you would be their Lord. They would follow you, live for you, surrender to you, obey you, listen to you, grow in you, serve you, love you, testify for you, share about you. God, I don't know who it is that needed to hear this message today, God, but you do. And I pray right now that you would speak to their heart. That you would restore possibly the joy of our salvation. Or that right now we would surrender and accept you as our Lord and Savior possibly for the very first time ever right now. And be born again. Our nation lost the great man of God. And Reverend Billy Graham. Lord, I grew up under his shadow. And as Franklin Graham said this week, as they were talking about Billy being such a great man of God that preached the love of God, Franklin Graham also reminded us that he also preached the judgment of God, which is what drove his passion to preach the love of God. Father, you are a loving God. But one day, you will be our judge. And the only way we'll be able to make it into the gates of heaven is to have had a personal relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, as we evaluate our hearts and our lives right now, If there are any that are here today that do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, my prayer is that right now they would call on you. The name of Jesus. As their Savior. And if that's you, my friend, why don't you pray a prayer silently in your heart like this. Repeat after me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I know that you love me. I know that you died on the cross for me. I know that you're extending grace and mercy and your salvation for me. And right now, I just pray you forgive me of my shortcomings. Forgive me of my failures. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. I believe you're the Son of God that lived a perfect life, that died on the cross for my sins. Isaiah 53 says that God the Father laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity or the sins of us all. 
you bore our shame on the cross. You paid our sin debt. Payment in full has been placed on the sill of the cross because of what you did, Jesus. You were buried. You rose again the third day. And right now you're seated by the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for each of us. And right now we trust in you as our Savior. For that individual that prayed that prayer this morning, Lord, I pray you give them the assurance of their salvation. For those individuals that have prayed and rededicated their life to you today, I pray, God, you give them the assurance of their salvation, restore unto them the joy of the Lord. And may we always be a church that preaches Jesus. Yes, we cover a lot of other topics, but they all center around having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. You're a great God. We want to live for you. We thank you for your blessings. Today we're humbled. And what a great God you are. We give you our life. Thank you for blessing our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's sing it one more time. We'll be dismissed. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. There's something. <laughs> Amen. There's something about that name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. Maybe I'll preach this Sunday sermon next Sunday. We'll find out. Okay. Come back next week and find out. Okay. God bless you. Have a great Lord's Day. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you've just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.